On the show, former 36ers coach and Boomers legend Phil Smythe joins us. Power out. Port stars to miss the rest of the season. What's it going to take to keep a high-flying crow? We've got the latest on Hugh Greenwood's contract. That's all coming up next on our 21st edition of The Press Box. We've come with a party mood, i tell you that much. On the press box, geez, we are immature. Uh, Sam, Jason, Dale, preparing for our 21st episode. Uh, hence the little uh, <laughs> that we brought along for us uh, today. Uh, very special guest, fantastic topics, and uh, your company as always. Welcome, guys. Hey boys, how are we going? It's uh, it's our twenty first episode, <laughs> I was say, Sam. Yeah. But uh, it feels good to be twenty one <laughs> or nineteen. Yeah, how many you missed? Jason's still a teenager. <laughs> oh, Might have missed one. a couple in between, but that's okay. That's all right. Well, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> be behind the pack. No, it's great to uh, great to be celebrating this uh, this many episodes. We. Uh, Thought we'd go with the 21 birthday theme. So, uh, look, we've we've brought a bit of party action on. We had a cake last week, yes. and so I feel like it's going to be a bit Is it gonna uh, be a flat speech? next week. Gonna gonna be a what, speech? Gonna, what are we going to do next week? Who's, who's making be... the speech? Uh, I think you should make it. <laughs> <laughs> the senior member of the team. Well, you're in a party mood now, but I've never seen a man so flat when he's walked in here. <laughs> he's, he's rocked up. I know that you're a bit crook at the moment, but we saw him at the front as we walked in. He's out there doing stretches because he's been... Trying to uh, keep up in the, the race, did. the foot race that's going to happen in September. Oh, I'm actually taking it seriously, uh, unlike someone else who may be sitting in here. And I'm actually generally crook. It's uh, the, uh, the 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 diet's gone uh, just haywire. Haywire. Just cut it all back. The uh, antibodies have just destroyed. And uh, yeah, I'm a little bit crook. I might have gone a little bit too hard. But, How many panadols uh, for you today? The count? Is that? Uh, four. Four. All right. Four Panadols. That's, that's what it takes, Jace. Four, four in a day. Adults. It gets you in here. Or and next and time two turmeric teas. Turmeric <laughs> tea is sensational. <laughs> that's, a, that's a secret. That's, there we that's go. the secret. Yeah, that's the sure secret herbs and spice. You don't miss a podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we I, want to see. I tell you what, we've got a good guest coming up later on today. I might have to inquire about his services to uh, hopefully, hopefully, to help us get across the line. Well, I reckon uh, Kane Corns is, uh, is, 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 is good enough for us to, to get <laughs> what's, us across the line. What's coming up next week? What's the next? A load of oh, yeah. uh, workouts or um, training drills that he's got, got to start. Did you even get started week one? Yeah, we did the week one. Once. Did you really? I, yeah. I blew out about halfway. <laughs> <laughs> hands and hands on knees. You did. You did. I got through it. You didn't get to the required. So we can't say the uh, actual training schedule oh, because we don't on. want people cheating. <laughs> oh, you're um, kidding. <laughs> I but, think you guys are lying about this entire thing. <laughs> well, no, I will divulge it. So uh, yes. on uh, Friday or Friday or Saturday, you had to run 15 kilometres. Right. To go for a long run. So I did mine, about mm-hmm. 72 minutes uh, with a pit stop. Uh, l- luckily, there was a uh, um, gentleman's uh, yes. uh, along the way. <laughs> um, but uh, how f- did you make 15? Six. 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 <laughs> you guys are cooked. I'm oh, so in the box I seat. I couldn't here. go another step further. I was done. I was. I couldn't. I couldn't. Six I couldn't kilometers. roll. I'm in the box that seat with this bet. Grace. This is the best Six wager I've ever made. I've got seven weeks. I've done half. Now I've got seven weeks no. to do the second half. No, <laughs> you had to do fifteen kilometers. Oh, does it decrease or does it go? Does it get harder? What's the, what's the go? It's it gets, worse. It gets harder. So, so Jace, you're in for a grueling seven <laughs> weeks. I'm just glad that we agreed that we've, we've got to do it together. So it's 120 minutes because tell, yeah, I, I was, I'm hoping he runs a PB of his life. 
to help me get through. Well, I'm going to run a PB anyway because I've never done it. So, oh. uh, um, but uh, there was a people um, Andrew Capel knows yes. all about this, and uh, he, Very he, he said to me, to me, "Geez, the, if you run a say a 50 or a 52 or something like that," and I'm like, well, "Yeah, I'll take that right yeah. now. Just give it to me." But those. Uh, if you add up, that makes Jace has to go come in about 68, 67. Those, yep. those 15 minutes going to be the longest <laughs> of your life. Oh, they're going to be the longest of my I'm going to be trekking along Anzac Highway, almost needing a stretcher to cart me out of there. I might have to walk alongside you, Jace, and I might just have to beat you as <laughs> I walk next year. I was going to say, you, you'll win if you're walking. That's right. Kane, I can just imagine now Kane Gorns is going to be out there, the, the finish you're gonna line. You're going to get lapped. And he, he's going to he, have already finished a day and a half before me, and he's just going to be shaking. He said as I walk across the line. Oh dear, we've got a huge show. Um, we need to get into it. There's uh, plenty of footy, plenty of cricket, plenty of hoops, and uh, our parcel fast board, like it was last week, is absolutely loaded. Dale's already I've lost it. I've got him up and about. Like, He's already it's... lost it. <laughs> He's off his chair. No, oh, I'm here. I'm right, here. All right, you're all Do together. your bloody training. <laughs> I'm going to. I've got six. I'm, I've got a little way to go. Six. I'm in it, mate. I'm in it. We've got seven weeks. Jeez. Got you guys divided already. It's week one. It's fantastic. All right, let's talk. Let's talk Port Adelaide. Let's reunite you guys for a minute. Um, it didn't go so well for you Saturday, but there's also some worse news that's come out since from Aberdeen. Yes. Um. Uh, just. Uh, just straight away. Well, what is it? Ryan Burton and Brad Ebert both g- gone for the year, Jace? Gone? Yeah, yeah, both gone. It looks like Brad Ebert has now been ruled out for six to eight weeks Ooh. with uh, that knee injury that we saw him do last week. So yeah, he's the PCL. The, the PCL. So it looks like after he's he spent all that time out with concussion, comes back, plays a game, does his PCL, looks like eight weeks, which effectively now rules him out for the season, which is a shocking blow. He's probably uh, just, just back for the grand final. Is that right? <laughs> well, if we want to be optimistic, like, yeah. like the run coming up at the city to Bay, then then yeah, maybe for the well, grand the, final. But the, the the brace that he had on last week, it just looked uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're done. Seeing um seeing him in the first half when he did do the injury and the way the medicos were dealing with him at the time, um. It, he was running it off. He was jogging it off, almost as if it was just a little niggle. But it's incredible how this has become so much more. And he played the second half and seemed to be playing okay on it at the time. But now, now this is coming out. It's clearly a lot more serious. Yeah, when you do an injury, uh, once you're warmed up and you and, mm. you're, and you're in full flight, uh, it's That's a lot, right. lot lot easy to to play through it. But once once he cooled down, uh, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was Gorski's and uh, and Ryan Burton. It says they're four to six weeks uh, with the hammy, so uh, mm. it'll be uh, closer to six than four. So mm. uh, well, there's only five games five left. Five games so to go. Yeah. It may as well uh, put a line through uh, Mr. Burton as well. So yeah. two shocking blows right at the end of the season. It looks like that could probably. You know, with Ryan Burton playing so well in defence and, and with um, Brad Ebert kicking a few goals out forward when he was available, it looks like now they're, uh, you know, the, the cast is set for their, uh, the rest of the season. Now, this is what happened on Saturday. If you haven't caught up with the result, I'm sure you have. But Dale said this in our footy tips last week. If Port lose this game, their season's over. All right, well, there's the call. And you tip Port Adelaide and what happened? And, well, we lost. They fell flat. Yeah, we lost. So season over? Season over. That is it. Wow, Jace, do you believe that? I, I do. Yeah, I think it's. I think they can't win it. I might. Uh, I might even double down on the season over. Double I don't down. Th- I don't think oh. they'll win another game. Oh. 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 Okay. Okay. Time to get the fixture up. So in their run home, I've got the fixture right here. They've got the Giants, the Bombers, the Swans, the Roos, and Frio. So that's their run home. Ooh. This week is going to be. A, they won't win with this week. The Giants have just seen them smash 
uh, Collingwood. They cannot, and they cannot win. And they won't win. I think Jez is going to have a huge day out too. Mm. Um, the Bombers is an interesting one. I think that they can win that game. Nah, over in Marvel, they'll get absolutely blown away mm-hmm. by the Bombers. They're flying. And Bombers. Then, and then we've got the Swans and Roos, and I don't think they can win either so, of those Swans two. visiting the Adelaide Oval. That's got to be a win for the Port Adelaide. Oh, it's probably a fifty-fifty, but uh, Buddy might be fit by yeah. ba- back by then, and uh, yeah, that well, might be three hundredth. It might be three hundredth. <laughs> so that, that could cause a few issues, and uh, yeah, um, North Melbourne will beat them over at Marvel, and uh, maybe, maybe the Frio game. The Frio right? game is the, the last one I had uh, marked as the one they could probably win because yeah. it's at home. So their season could literally rest on that final game. Um, if they, you know, they're somehow able to scrape, they need to win four games out of mm, the five. That's right. So mm. effectively, it, their season's pretty much over. I can't see them winning four of those last five. No. The, uh, the, well, they're currently in the eight in. Uh, oh, sorry, the ninth. ninth place for some reason. The AFL, have a look at this. The AFL ladder on my app has a blue line under ninth, as if that's the divider, which is a bit strange. So anyway, Ooh. they're ninth. Place. Maybe it's the AFL wild, apps maybe, are it's fast. The, maybe it's the wild card spot. <laughs> yeah, they've just got it early. It's a bit of a fast. Um, anyway, let's move from that. The Crows are another team that probably need to be looked at. They had a pretty embarrassing loss, fading away in a second half for the third time in four games straight. So this month has been a bit of a horror month for Adelaide fans, but they're now sitting in eighth spot. What do we do with them? Is their season on the brink? And how many games do you reckon they'll need to win from here to stay in finals contention? They've got to win at least three. three yeah. uh, I also said that last week, whoever... One out of Essendon and Adelaide, one will, the winner will play finals and the winner won't. So I've <laughs> got to stick with that and say uh, Crows won't play finals either, which personally makes it a very, very good September on the on the work front mm. <laughs> Well, I'll give, me. I'll give you a taste of the Crows run home. They've got Carlton this week, which they'll, they'll beat Carlton. They've got the Saints the following week. And then after this, I think they'll beat the Saints as well. Um, and then they've got the Eagles, Pies and Dogs. So I think it's, they, I don't think they can beat the Eagles, and I don't think they can beat Collingwood. It literally could come up to that last game mm. to, to whether they play finals or not. And that last game's in Ballarat. Is yeah. it? It's the dogs. Away from so. everyone's fans. Yeah. Ooh, that'll be interesting. It'll probably be snowing. <laughs> so bring... Who was the <laughs> club last week? Airport. That's Port. right. Oh, and the microwave. And the microwave. No, oh, no, no I was talking season. about the, the local club last week that we were playing in the, in the oh, hail the, and the yeah, snow. And river... Oh, I can't remember yeah, that. Yeah. Victoria, they <laughs> Victoria. needed their snowshoes on for the for training. So the Crows are in an interesting situation, as I put. Very similar situations. Um, uh, where do you sit with the captain? He's had a, a very up and down year. It's been like a little bit of a roller coaster for him. On the weekend, he was uh, sort of effective in the first half, but mm. like a, another uh, a forward in there with Eddie Betts, just faded away as the game went on. Um, we saw him hurt his elbow. That didn't hurt, uh, help things. Where do you see him at? Should he be dropped? There's a lot of people saying he should be dropped at the moment. That's right. And it's tough. How do you drop a captain? Like It's really tough. And I suppose you've got to really look at this through critical um, eyes. The coaches would probably be looking at this now because it's not the first time we've seen him do this year, mm-hmm. um, have a poor game. He's done it you know, pretty much on and off all year. There's been the the little spark here and there that keeps him, you know, looked at as in, you know, he's gonna he's got his place firmly um, seated right now. But then there's games where you just go, geez, how, how is he even getting a kick? So you wonder whether or not he really should be getting picked. I don't know whether whether you, you can or whether you do. I'm still hesitant. I'm not full-blown drop him. Um, I know a lot of people out there are, and fair enough. Um, but I think there's there's an, there's an element of leadership, and if you're dropping the leaders, 
what is that saying to the group? And so you and and look, Sony hasn't had a, a bloody glittering to, to me, run honestly, either. To me, it says that everyone's accountable. You, you're on form in this team, and if nothing, you- nothing wrong with that either. It's a standard. It's and it's a message. But I, I don't know. There's something about dropping your your number one man, your captain, your leader. And I know there's two of them, but he's you know the sole <laughs> captain right now in that team, really. Well, that's what I was going to say. You can drop a captain when you got two of them. That's right. There's another one still there. But the, I just don't... No, oh, I don't know. I, I Really, I'm on the fence, and I'm not comfortable with dropping him anyway. That's a personal feeling. I'm not comfortable with it. But I would understand if the club did so, and if they did, it probably would be a good decision. And I think... I personally think that Josh Jenkins was in better form when he got dropped than, he, than Tex is now. Yeah. So if you go on that, then he's... Has a captain been dropped before? I can't. I can't recall. Yeah, no, it has. Uh, I think uh, it was way back in 2006, uh, okay. Rich, Richie Vandenberg from Hawthorne got uh, got dropped. That's, that's trivia. Uh, that's my uh, yeah, re- research of the day. It's probably totally wrong, but... Uh, but <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no one was checking it. <laughs> no, no, but uh, uh, yet, yet to be confirmed. But uh, I do remember so- something like that, and Richie Vandenberg getting uh, dropped back in there. But that was, what, 13 uh, years ago, mm. so... Yeah, so it'll be, it'd be a big call, and uh, it'd be interesting how uh, Tex actually responded if he went and played in the the sample because uh, the Crows have got the, the top of the table clash this week. Uh, Crows and Glenelg in the sample, yeah. so oh, yeah. yeah, I don't think the base fans would like well, uh, Tex no. to get dropped. <laughs> There's a, a couple of interesting stories bubbling away as well with contracts at the Crows. Um, one of them is Hugh Greenwood. We know that he's out of contract at the moment. We know that he spoke about the Crows. He expected a contract in round four. The Crows didn't deliver on that, so he'd made arrangements. And we've spoken about how he's talked to other clubs and he made arrangements to make sure that he was going to be looked after. Now, as we understand, and as as you've come across, Sam, that you've got some information about possibly him wanting some extra dollars on his contract to stay here in Adelaide, which maybe the Crows don't see fit. Yeah, the the numbers at the moment don't add up for the Crows, I think. What what Greenwood is asking for is a, might be a little bit too much for the Crows. He wants a long deal. Um, so he wants more than three years, essentially. Um, and that's so that probably he's looking at four or five, probably, in that bracket. And then you'd probably be looking at something over $400,000 a year, probably toward half a mil. So if, they, if they're the numbers that are you know sort of floating around and that's the, the ballpark that he wants, are the Crows willing to throw out half a mil for him each year? And, and is he, would you do it? Well, I'd, 20, I'd do it straight away. I think I would too. He's, he's sort of a backbone of that team. I like his uh, aggression and his toughness that he mm. comes into that side and gives it everything. He's got that X factor, doesn't he? Mm. He's a versatile player. He can play forward and through the middle and... He, 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 yeah, he doesn't give up easily. You know, like you were saying, he, he's a grunt player. He gets in there and he has a go every time and he doesn't pull out. And he's he's a must-sign player, I think. And uh, two million over four years is pretty cheap with where uh, AFL salaries are heading. So if but you can lock somebody in Crows, for four years... Knowing the Crows, it. though, they don't have many players over half a mil in their side. Like their skippers are about 600 reportedly. Um, we don't know if that's fact, but that's I they're not. They're meant high, to be low-balling. Yeah, so they're, but they're essentially low-balling even their best players. So mm. he'd be in their top you know, 25% of players, Greenwood, paid-wise, if that would be the case. Isn't the AFL minimum wage, like 350 Three, or yeah, 370? Yeah, so. yeah. A lot of them would be down under half a mil, I would have thought, at the Crows. 
Must be a lot of people on the oh, yeah. same amount. He doesn't have a glove box. No, he <laughs> clearly doesn't have a glove box. Um, the other interesting one uh, that's bubbling away under the surface is, is Sam Jacobs. Mm. Now, he hasn't played a game in the AFL squad since round two. We know that he's out of contract. He doesn't have a contract in front of him. And the Crows have just re-signed Riley O'Brien for a couple of years. So... Um, I asked Ben Hart today in the presser, which would have been yesterday by the time you're listening to this, and he said that he um, still believes that Sam Jacobs can get back and play senior footy, even though there's only five games to go. But I'm led to believe that there's a real frustration now between the Sam Jacobs camp and the Crows. that They haven't mm. offered him anything and that they're still, um, you know, they're working a way to try and, well, he's, he wants to secure his future. They're postponing it as long as possible. Would be frustrating, but he was he was a favourite son there at the club for a long time, and so you, you would feel the pain if you're Sam Jacobs, wouldn't you? You've, you've just lost your spot to someone. It's it's the old um, gridiron sort of mentality over in the states. With yes. if you step out of the yeah. game, you might not ever step back in. You know, yeah. it's the same with baseball. So they, that's why players just stick it out sometimes, and they don't care for their injuries. They'll do whatever it takes to stay in the game. And unfortunately, Jacobs couldn't stay in the game with his injury, and now he's lost his spot and he's out for good. And he might have lost his spot forever at the Crows, and it's sad to say that because I bought a Guernsey a few years ago and put his number on my back. Because yeah, because I, I really thought he was just an outstanding player and member of this club. And unfortunately, now he's on the outer, and probably for good. It's the Nathan Sobey curse. It, it is uh, <laughs> actually he's is. Gone. I didn't get his number though. <laughs> he's gone. But uh, but with uh, Riley O'Brien signing, that's outstanding. Surely that's writing on the wall for, for Source, and uh, with all these contracts. Uh, negotiations going on and the Crows trying to, uh, you know, not low ball, but, you know, trying to get the best value for money. Are they, yeah. are they trying to keep enough money for a the potential, the big the big trade move, well, the big Brody Grundy, the, the big Grundy move? Do you think they're trying to keep as much Absolutely. money in the kitty as possible? Yeah, I think so. I think they're, um, they've always been this sort of game. They've always tried to make sure that they keep as much money in the bank to hopefully have that big star signing come along. They haven't have a, had a big signing in, in a long time. so I think um, Bryce Gibbs was the last one. Well, they did, and they sold a lot to get him, mm-hmm. um, and that hasn't really panned out, and that's another interesting story that's bubbling away too. But um, I can't see him getting back at the moment either. 31 years of age. He'll be 32 next year in April. Jacobs. So Yeah, and, and it, that's just... The fact is he's probably only going to have you know one more year at best and it probably won't be at AFL level because Riley is the, he's the future and if you want to go for Grundy, he's also the future. Unfortunately, you can't just go looking back for you know sentiment's sake. So I think if anything, he'll play Sample for the remaining part of the year and he, he might pick up some sort of development role, coaching gig maybe in some space if he, if he wanted to stay at the club, if the club wanted him to stick around. Otherwise, he's best looking elsewhere as well. I think he'd be a perfect fit uh, up in the Gold Coast. Don't, what do you reckon? Ooh. Yeah, uh, and there's a couple of mm. clubs up that way looking for Ruckman at the moment. Yeah, there are. Um, and there could be another one Port Adelaide guy up there. Yeah, there could be. <laughs> well, the Gold Coast need <laughs> fixing, but Jace, I know you've got a. You're very passionate about this. The whole league needs fixing. The whole league does need fixing. Um, the whole game's cooked. The, and it starts with the Gold Coast. Uh, yeah, no. and, the, and Steve Hawking came out during the week and said that. Um, <laughs> He wanted to bring back tackling. He wanted to cap tackling to, to try and even out the game. And I just thought, that's the biggest farce I've ever heard. <laughs> he wants to reduce but, tackling. He wants to reduce it to... How do you to, do that? I don't know. And I, I don't even want to think about it because yeah. I think that's the whole linchpin of this game. It's mm. what makes it so exciting. And when players get they go for a run and get holding the ball, it's, there's nothing more exciting than being at the footy and seeing someone get pinged and the whole crowd 
cheers. And they've just lost their way a little bit, the AFL, with what they're doing with the tackling rule amongst all the other implementations of rules that they've brought in. Now, I've got a friend, uh, Matty Burgess. I'll give a shout-out. He uh, does a podcast called Best Team Man. I think he does it with... Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he sits along him every so often and does a podcast, and he decided to write a letter to the AFL. Right. And he, he, in 2019, writing a letter means Facebooking them. <laughs> that's the that's standard Facebooking. Uh, and typing. Yes. And typing. Anyway, he, he wrote a letter, and it's had 10,000 likes on Facebook and about 1,000 wow. comments, so it's exploded. Right. And I thought I'd just share some point of view of he, some of his points that he thinks how he can sort of help change the game. And I agree with most of them. He said that he believes the sliding rule, get rid of it. Um, you one broken an- ankle in 120 years of footy and they make a rule for penalising yep. someone for going and having a crack <laughs> yeah. at the footy. And the rule actually came in after the incident. Good. So it was Maddie, that's a tick. Yeah. Uh, deliberate rush behind. No one knows what they can and can't do anymore. So if a team wants to concede a score, let them, and at least they can play on quickly and have a kick in. That's a tick. Yep, tick. No third man up. He said it's a terrible decision. He said that it used to have opened up the play, having someone come over the top and bash the ball out 20 metres so they can get play rolling again, yep. and uh, it lowers congestion. Yep. So that's probably a tick. And then tick. He, the last one was probably uh, no runner. Having no runner is, is you know... The, the ability to make fast changes and having a runner on the ground and having the coach communicate to that runner straight away, mm. having his players set up is an area of the game that we need to bring back. Brilliant. So I thought it was just a, a really cracking uh, letter that he wrote and, and, and just a couple of simple steps. They just ha- they don't need to keep making rules. They just need to simplify the game. Mm. And I think they're overcomplicating it at the moment. They're trying to find things to make the game more robotic and so it looks the same every time you watch it so they want high scoring every game they want less congestion every game and they want teams to be free flowing everywhere on the field at all times you can't manufacture uh, you know or or just sort of you know fabricate the way a game looks can you you can't just create that by some rules you know sport is unique because it has so many unknowns about it and it can go either way at any point in time and that's what we love about it, you know, the mystery. How's it going to go? What's going to happen next? You know the ball's not going to speed up one end in the next 10 seconds because the game's robotically created now via rules to do so. No, the ball could be stuck in your forward line for 10 minutes, and that's great, you know, for, for some teams and, and the, the way the game's played. You know, there's some parts of the game we just need to leave alone, and I think that Steve Hocking comes out a lot. Mm-hmm. On purpose, probably, to almost justify his gig, why he's there. He's he's almost got KPIs for how many things can I change in a season. I mean, the more silence we hear from Steve Hocking, the better off the league's going to be. Mm-hmm. We, all Steve Ho- Hocking's got to do is go back to about 1993 and watch some videotape. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> he's done that in a while. <laughs> go back to when you played. It, w- it would have been good when Game you played. That's yeah. almost when pagan. You played. That'd be Pagan's Paddock era, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, just it, that was... The early no- late 80s, early 90s was where gold- it was at. I don't know. Used two guys weren't even born. I've seen footage. <laughs> the, golden, the golden era of football. Yeah. But uh, that, that's all you got to do. Just just common sense. And well, well, I've said it thousands of times. If it's common sense, it never happens. So, uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, Matty, uh, d- don't hold your breath, mate, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't see it happening. Might have made it through that. And the AFL haven't months. contacted him either. Nah, so. oh. <laughs> At least a little comment Where's or something would be nice. <laughs> Shock horror. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, should we talk about some cricket? The Ashes, can you believe it, is now less than a fortnight away. I'm pumped as a cricket fan, and I'm sure plenty of our listeners out there are, and I hope you are pumped. The Aussies need as much support as we can get over there. Alex Carey trying to vie for a spot, unlikely, but well, let's hope for 
you know, this is this is a bit harsh, but maybe let's hope for a Tim Payne injury or something like that, oh, so he can oh, he can slide in. Geez. He might break his finger. Again. That's a real yeah, that's a real South, South Australian bias. Look, um, no, look, but there's an interesting rule that's come in um, that I wanted to just quickly point out. The ICC have a new concussion rule. Now, it sounds like a great idea. It's been approved by the um, uh, ICC for all formats internationally. So, the 2020s one day is in tests. This this comes into all forms. And it's been trialled in the Sheffield Shield for the last two seasons, if you haven't um, been closely watching um, the Shield. The, the concussion rule's been used there, so when a player's been hit in the head in some way and they can't probably, they're not really passing the test, yeah. a player can come back on who is like for like. So essentially, if a bowler goes down, the team is allowed to replace them with a bowler yeah. and not okay. just the standard 12th man who's there waiting to go. Um, who could be just a subfielder or could just be a batsman and means you're one bowler down or whatever. And if you've and if if you if you're limited to that, sometimes or once upon a time, you were stuck in a position where you felt like, gee, maybe we have to leave our bowler out there, even though he's got a concussion and probably isn't going to be too good for him to keep him out there. But we need to because we need that extra bowler. We can't go without him. So this gives a little bit more flexibility and says, no, no, we can allow to take them out because we can afford to take an extra bowler out of the game and replace him with another bowler. So it's it's got merit in some respects. So. What you're saying is the twelfth man is dead. Pretty much, the twelfth man's dead. Yeah, jeez, Billy Birmingham would be he'd, he'd be fan of the man. Rest in peace, Billy Birmingham. So, so pretty much what uh, what the Aussies in England are going into the first test, they will probably need a a batsman, a wicketkeeper, and a bowler, an all rounder, wow. a spinner. We may as well just <laughs> how specific does it get though? That's maybe, the, this is Australia. That's where the grey area is, isn't it? So, like for like, how like for like do you get? So, what happens if you? You lose your wicket. You lose Alex yeah. Carey. Goes you lose, down. Yeah, yeah. So Tim Payne goes down, and you don't have Alex Carey on on site. Who, who replaces him? Can anyone go in? Can a batsman? Does it? I mean, the like so for would, like so gets would, a little bit. So will the Aussies then say have Hanscom there? So he's, I suppose he's, the, batsman, someone, he's oh, the he's yeah. the keeper. Also. Wicket keeping wicket keeping's a bit unique because yeah. you need to have someone who can yep. wear the gloves. But what, what? I think a batsman or a bowler is interesting because like, what if it's a spinner? So what if what if you lose Nathan Lyon and you don't have a spinner on hand? You know, is it like for like pace bowler? Shane Warne would be commentating. <laughs> but if, but if you bring in an extra pace bowler, then you've got now a four-man pace attack instead of three pace, one spinner, and maybe the deck is good for pace and it's not so good for spinners. You know, could this be used tactically? Could this be uh, like... Um, uh, exposed. Exposed. 100% it could be exposed. <laughs> but yeah, especially if... Uh, Exploited is the word I was looking for. Especially if someone makes a... makes a, If a batsman makes a duck or something yeah. a, out of form in the first dig on... Uh, just, he's just, concussed. Just, just <laughs> go whack him in the head, he's out. <laughs> That's right. Get uh, someone else in. But uh, yeah, in- interesting. And uh, with the Alex Carey, like if, if he was there just... For argument's sake, and Tim Payne gets concussed in yep. the first mm. test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that his debut? If he comes in half, is it his debut? I don't know. Is, do, no, I don't think it is. No, because uh, so because so, twelfth man. So he doesn't get the baggy green. Twelfth men like, aren't. Uh, they're yeah. named as twelfth man on the on the team sheet, so they're replacing a player on the field who is in the starting eleven. So no, it wouldn't be his debut. So technically, he can make a test hundred before getting his correct baggy yeah. green. Yeah, he could. But that's funny. Yeah, you're right because he actually would bat, wouldn't he? Be part of the yeah. new eleven. Yeah, that's strange. I hadn't thought it's, of that. It's a can of worms that they've opened there. It really is. It's seriously. Let's I talk thought, about... I, Steve Hocking would work it out. <laughs> He'd have a solution to everything. <laughs> Let's talk about the Ashes a little bit um, leading in. Uh, what do we expect from 
these sides. I mean, the women's Ashes just went and uh, was been and gone, and the women got themselves a win. Maybe Elise Perry should be lining up for oh, the Australians. Yeah, Elise Perry's. Uh, yeah, we may mention her a little bit later on, but she, so. she's she's incredible. But uh, uh, congratulations too to the women. They absolutely destroyed England. They had mm. zero chance. It was just a just a beatdown, wasn't it? So it, was, <laughs> it was great, but. Uh, Unfortunately, I think in the men's side of it, I think the tables might be turned a little bit. I think uh, the old World Cup euphoria might just roll on, and I think you reckon. I think I reckon England are ahead of themselves uh, now. Yeah, so do I. Surely this is perfect timing. We're coming off with an extra week of preparation. We're determined to take them down, and they're all on top of the world. We've won our first World Cup in bloody 30 years or whatever it is. I can still be drunk. They're celebrating still. That's right, the hangover. (laughs) Didn't work for Ash Barty. (laughs) Definitely didn't work for Ash Barty. No, it's not going to work for England either. No, it's not. Um, one thing there is for sure, though, is that uh, Warney. Warney's uh, named his Ashes squad. And he's um, similar to us, mate. Me, me and you. <laughs> he's agreed with us. <laughs> Didn't quite like your squad, Dale, but this is how uh, Warney saw it. He saw Warner and Harris's opening, Kawaja third, Smith in fourth, Head, Wade, Payne, and then interesting with Patterson, Cummins, and Lyon, and then Stark and Hazelwood. So, um, And then he's got Kerry in the squad, Richardson, Bancroft, and, and Mitch Marsh. So hang on, was Kawaja at three? Yep. Yes. That is my 11, Bar Pattinson. There you go. So he's he's followed your order. But what was the? No, I had Hazelwood Patton, in. was in it though. No, no. I've got um, no, Cummins, Hazelwood, Pat- and Stark. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pattinson he has in, instead of well, Hazelwood. I'll, I'll reiterate. Like that, I agree. That'll be the eleven that'll play. But I reckon chose... Hazelwood won't get a gig in the test. No, first no, no, test. no. That that that'll be. It'll be either Hazelwood or Pattinson. Yeah. Or you know something like that. I'd be like baffled that. if Hazelwood didn't get a first. First yeah, but I, I agree with Warney. Like yeah. you know, pain or play. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked yeah. who should <laughs> play, captain. not who will <laughs> play. Still didn't have a captain. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> well, he might, you you just <laughs> wanted him to break his finger. <laughs> oh, so at least he'd still be captain when he broke it. Uh, that is harsh. I should take that back. Uh, let's all right. Let's talk about basketball because we know we love your basketball. Phil Smith's coming up very soon. He'll be talking he plenty of that. But um, let's dive into the the amazing world of NBL first because the schedule has been finally released and there's some pretty cool um, little elements to this uh, to the schedule. Yeah, well the schedule uh, opens with the uh, my boys uh, Melbourne United against uh, the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Ooh, Derby. Uh, in the, in the What's th- it called? The Throwdown. The Throwdown. The throwdown. Yeah. Didn't like Showdown they had to put a TH at the start oh, and Throwdown throw instead. Yeah. It's so like still in the F1 all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of WWE about it. It is, it? is isn't it? Throwdown. Yeah. But, uh, Smackdown. They uh, <clears throat> They'll, they'll open the open the open the season. I didn't think they'd go the rivalry straight off the bat, but they're bang the opening mm. night. So, uh, but the Sixers don't play home at the en- Entertainment Centre where Jace will be catching the tram down yes. uh, to watch them. That's right uh, until round three, so October nineteen, and uh, they'll be hosting the Brisbane Bullets. Oh, Nathan Sobey. Sobey will be uh, in the building, and and Sam will be there with his bull- <laughs> bullets. Sobey <laughs> uh, <laughs> jersey on, yeah. jersey on. So. So, uh, yeah, so the Sixers uh, missed round one. Uh, they're in Utah playing uh, Joe Ingalls' uh, Jazz. Mm-hmm. Round two, they uh, play the Kings in Sydney, which uh, cool. I think they'll just fly back to Sydney and just play yeah. and then come back home. Come home. So, yeah, a really rough start uh, to the year. So pretty much uh, the Sixers have the Utah Jazz in uh, round, in round one. one. <laughs> a little bit stiff, though, Adelaide fans. We, we see the NBL open up first weekend of October, and it's magnificent. It's awesome. It's great. And then we got to wait three weeks for our first home game because our boys are over in the States. I mean, I feel like we're late to the party. <laughs> oh, come on, we're late to the party. Uh, 
your team is playing an NBA team. Get over it. Oh, man, so is yours. <laughs> and you're playing round one. Yeah, but then uh, Melbourne go after round one. Yeah, but oh, I want a home game. I want it straight off the bat. I really want to see it straight up. There'll be enough home games for you to lose. Don't worry. There's also a news <laughs> Eve News Day. New Year's Day. Right. New Year's Day. Adelaide, Perth, uh, New Year's Day. So, which will be interesting. Uh it's, uh, yeah, I wonder how many people will, uh, <laughs> will make it to that. <laughs> After a big night at the Strikers the night before yes. and all that sort of thing. Adelaide have some great um, fixtures all set up for us. Uh, I didn't actually check. You know, last week we joked about RJ Hampton mm. being the guy who'd uh, ruin us in the final no, game. They don't. Are New Zealand no. not playing us in the final? Oh, no. good. All right, that's great. That's what we, we don't want that awning us and Joey the six, Wright. Sixers season might be over before the final. <laughs> oh. you, know what happen, you know what happens every week? We try and break news here on the, po- on the press box and unfortunately, Unfortunately, it always comes to Tuesday morning, the day after we've recorded, and then it's released the, when you've listened, that something happens, and Ben Simmons signing for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers happened again last Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, as yeah. As it just so happens. Yeah, so I said last week, where we got to eat cake, because it was a pass. Yes. So I said, the moment he signs the the deal, he'll put the boomer singlet on, and uh, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. 242 million reasons <laughs> to play for the Philadelphia 76ers. Who was, and who was the fast again? Rich Paul. <laughs> that's right. agent. He's even richer now, Rich Paul. He is. He's very rich. He also... Uh, there's uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis's manager, so he's he's very rich. So, Fifty mil a year, this guy's going to earn. Yeah. It's nuts. And there's uh, there's uh, clauses in the contract too. So if he gets uh, mil a week, uh, All Star five, uh, NBA all all, uh, all NBA teams, All Star, there's all, and it could go up and go. So the most I think oh. he can make is two hundred and eighty nine. Wow, million. So, so uh, a million a week. It's insane. Isn't oh. It? So tell yeah. me, is he going to bigger play- glove box than yours? Yeah. Oh, no, yes. He help us build the a Maz- stadium. The Mazda the Maz- three, three weeks work. Mazda three didn't go that deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's not going to play for the Boomers though. What's the- I don't understand. He he signed the contract because mm. the, the discussion that we had last week was he's going to wait until he signs the, the the million dollar deal to make sure he gets that across the line. Then we'll see him put the Guernsey or the jersey on. Yeah, so we will play for Australia uh, in the games here, so in right. Perth and Melbourne, but he won't be playing in the in the World Cup. So he's going back to Philly to uh, learn how to shoot a jump shot, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'll, uh, I'll ask Phil Smith about that. All right, well, let's do that now because Phil Smith's waiting in the wings. We're going to chat to him on the press box about football and basketball. Well, on the press box today, we've got another special guest. We like to have our special guests, and uh, on our 21st episode, might as well get the great man Phil Smythe on the show. He's involved in more than just basketball, and uh, he joins us now. Phil, welcome to the show. Oh, Sam and Jace, isn't it great to be with you two hooligans? Oh, Dale, you've missed Dale. I'm here, mate. He's flat. <laughs> uh, mate, let's talk footy real quickly before we get into anything else. Um, working with the Brisbane Lions, you're working with the enemy. Tell us a little bit more about how you get into this. <laughs> Mate, it's a long story, so rather than uh, bore your listeners, short version, went up there pre-season, spent some time with Chris Fagan, then uh, Chris gave me a call when I came back and said he'd like me to do some more work with him and the coaches, so a little part-time role with the Brisbane Lions, and then it's involved into some good stuff, mate, and they're winning, so I'm taking all the credit for that, (laughs) you know, so uh, Fags is, uh, mate, I'm telling you, he's a ripping coach, he's an absolute beauty, I think everybody's kind of seeing that at the moment, and he's got some... Unbelievably good assistant coaches with him as well, but the whole club's humming along really well. They're just 
in a really good patch at the moment. Not only are they winning, they absolutely spanked Port a couple of weeks ago. What was the key to their success? Can you tell us from the inside, what was the recipe to make sure they got over the line against Port? I would have thought me being in the coach's box would have probably uh, been the turning point. No, look, uh, I just reckon uh, they've just got a real air of confidence about themselves at the moment. And uh, Chris Fagan's really organised. And I think people lose... It's kind of people saying, what's been the secret this year? But it's actually been two and a half years of them building to this stage. You know, they've had to get rid of some players. They've had to recruit some players. I mean, Charlie Cameron, of course, we can talk about him because people in Adelaide know. I mean, he's just been a massive shot in the arm for them. But uh, they're a young group. Uh, with some experience in the back end. Obviously, Luke Hodges, he is just an absolute champion as a leader and as a player. So they've just got a really good mix. I think when they came in to play Port Adelaide, you know, Port Adelaide have been up and down, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Brisbane have just been really consistent. They got out of the blocks early. Well, I think they got, an, you know, they kicked the first six goals. I reckon Port said, yeah, this is our damn game and just, just couldn't get back in the game. We saw Sutcliffe go straight to Lockie Neal and target him off the bat. Was the Lions prepared for that to happen? Yeah, yeah, they're aware that that could happen. I think most of the things that uh, most of the clubs do now, the other clubs are pretty much aware of it. There's not too many tricks left. And I think Chris Fagan said afterwards in the press conference that the thing you learn is that, um, you know, Brisbane are not a one-dimensional team. If you shut Lockie down, they've got other players in the midfield that can that can do a really good job for them. So I think even last week uh, against North Melbourne, they had another crack at Lockie. So uh, they got bumped around a fair bit in that game, but it didn't affect... Oh, it was a tight game, but... You know, they got through in the end and won that one. So teams are trying to find a method in how to stop Brisbane now. So they're on a, in, a, in a pretty good patch. Before we get into uh, basketball, which we want to do with you, um, why aren't you uh, working with our Adelaide teams and actually being uh, one of our friends? It's <laughs> a good question, mate. I haven't been asked. So uh, last time I worked with the uh, Adelaide team, mate, was uh, back in 2003, 4, 5 with, uh, with the Power. So uh, it's been a bit of a journey along the way, mate, being with some other teams. Just kind of quietly going about it, but more than happy at any stage, mate, to help the Adelaide teams out. You know that. Oh, you know so. I'd help those boys out, mate. Now, we want to turn our heads and our attention toward the NBL this season. My goodness, it is exploding in front of us. How, how has this league become the juggernaut that it's about to become? And let's talk about our 36s at the same time, your former team. Um, yep. How do they look this summer? Yeah, well, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, Tony? You always go, mate, they're looking really good. Haven't played a preseason game yeah, yet. That's right. they're, they're looking great. You know, I got them tabbed for the finals. This is amazing how you can stay all that stuff. And you don't hear any of that one preseason game at a time, do you? No. Um, I, I, look, first question uh, that you asked: Why is the league going this way? Larry Kesselman, the guy who owns the league, really has put ma- millions of dollars into getting the league to where it is now. He's connected with the NBA, got exposure for basketball in Australia and the NBA, and the quality of imports that are coming out now are top shelf because they're paying big money to get them. Uh, so that, that's helped. Obviously, TV's now starting to jump on board. Well, I reckon with the 36ers, I think they're going to have a little bit of, it's going to take them a little while to get going. They're a new group. Teams that do well, if we look at Perth, for example, mm. Melbourne United, they also have the two biggest budgets, so that helps. But um, they've been able to keep the nucleus of their team together, so they're on a quicker learning curve than, say, Joey, who's bringing in a lot of new players and trying to introduce him to his system. So I reckon they might be a little bit slow out of the blocks, but then as the season unfolds, they'll start to gain momentum. And now uh, a lot of the teams have spent a lot of money and have brought in massive uh, superstars, but uh, being a championship coach, you, you really got to have that. Uh, you got to gel as a team. So it's really going to be the best team that wins it rather than the, uh, the, the best individual talent. Yeah, 100% correct. And that's the tricky part, finding the pieces that, that complement each other. I reckon 
if you move away all the smoke and mirrors and all the tricks that they talk about and you try and simplify things, your job as a coach is to get the players to play as well as they can. The player's job is to play as well as they can. So if you can get that formula going and then you've got the right players, you're probably into the finals. Now, the next key is that management, coach, players, staff, all are working together and everything's in a good place. That's your only chance to win it all. If there's you know, problems in the team, you can't win it. If there's a problem with the coaches, you can't win it. Problem with management, you can't win it. Everybody's got to be travelling along and then you've got to have the talent to bring that success. Speaking of coaches, one of your good mates is Joey Wright. He um, was a little bit frustrated with the league last season. How is he tracking along for this season? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't caught up with Joey. He had a good holiday, which he needed. I think every coach needs to get away from it. Seems to be in a pretty good spot at the moment. All coaches are good pre-season, I can guarantee you that. Um, Joey's highly competitive. And and Mm. sometimes with coaches, you tend to get frustrated and that, that what we're talking about before, they need to be able to diffuse that somewhere. And, difficult for coaches to find people they can trust and then you know that leads in they're so desperate to win they're feeling the pressure to win that sometimes that you know rolls into a press conference and sometimes they say we've all done it you say things that you regret later or you get angry on the sideline mm-hmm. um i think we'll have to wait and see how the season's going before we get a real indicator of whether and i don't think joey's going to change his style i think we have to accept that that's his style and uh, either embrace it or, or not like it now, uh, Phil, I want to change tack to, to the Boomers. Uh, obviously, you're a Boomers uh, legend. Now, uh, Ben Simmons is, uh, oh, deci- financially. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, has decided to play for the Boomers uh, in the lead-up to the World Cup but not play in the World Cup. So you had sort of a, a similar type um, uh, situation with, with Luke Longley in the 90s as well, didn't you? Yeah, no question. Look, a big problem, so people understand. I think Ben, to his credit, to play in Australia, obviously he's home, he wants to play in Australia. He wants to play for the Boomers. I think that's really important that people understand that. But, of course, when you sign a contract for $245 million Mm. for five years with $47 million in there as bonuses as well, um, you've got to insure that. So someone has to pay that insurance. So, you know, obviously Ben's not expecting to pay it for himself and uh, Philadelphia aren't going to pay it for him. So that leaves it with Basketball Australia. So that's a fair insurance policy, <coughs> excuse me, that you have to pay. So I think Ben is trying to do the right thing by the Australian public and play here so they can see him. And then he's got parts of his game he wants to work on. And we just saw uh, Harden's just pulled out of the American team. So a lot mm. of those guys are pulling out because they can't roll on from an 82-game season mm. but then come and play for America or Australia and then roll back in to the NBA. So... I think Ben and and Philadelphia are trying to protect Ben. I think Ben wants to play for Australia, but there's a couple of hurdles, you know, that I've just mentioned for him to be able to do that. And maybe the Olympic Games may be a little bit different, but the same scenario probably play out. From from a coaching perspective, though, Phil, uh, Andre Lamanis leading up to a World Cup. um, He's got the the best player uh, in the country to come in and play. Does does that sort of uh, hurt his uh, preparation? Because he's going to play a a bunch of minutes and uh, then then he's not going to be there. It's a really good question. Um, and it's funny you should say that because I looked at it at the time and I'm thinking, well, Andre's caught between the rock and the hard place, isn't he? Imagine if he said to the Australian public, Ben Simmons has come home, he wants to play, but I'm not picking him. Mm. Oh, it'd be an uproar, wouldn't it? Because yeah. we, all, we all want to see Ben play. And then the guys in the Australian team, they want to play with Ben. And Ben's been a part of the Australian team prior to making it into the NBA. So he's familiar with the players. So I, I reckon it's a really difficult one because I get where you're coming from saying, Shouldn't he be using these games to get ready for the World Championship? Um, 
So I, I suspect it'll play out this way. If Australia do really well at the World Championships, they'll all go, Andre made the right decision. If they do really badly, they'll all go, Andre's got to go, he didn't make the right decision. I reckon it's that simple. So I, I don't think having Ben playing these games, because they're exhibition games, is really going to impact too much on how Australia plays at the World Championships. Speaking of all these Aussies playing in America and all the money over there, it's funny how it's just gone a complete 180 and now we've got Americans wanting to come to Australia and play in the NBL if we touch back on this again. I suppose my question is when you were back in the league and you had some of the big names from the States coming here and even playing here in Adelaide, did you ever think that we would be now be getting so much global attention for the NBL and not just you know the small little bits and pieces here and there? We're actually globally being watched. Yeah, look, Sam, it's an interesting one, isn't it? The NBA have decided to cast their net wider in the world stage, and Australia is certainly the flavour right now. We saw them maybe in the 90s casted into Europe a bit. I think San Antonio probably opened up the door when they started winning championships and their best players came out of Europe. Mm. Then suddenly Australia is now doing really well. Probably the one that I didn't think was going to happen was the players, instead of going to college, would come out and play here in the NBL and then go on to play in the NBA. So some of the players now through their agents are able to work out, I can get paid to play in the NBL, which I don't get at college. Mm. I get to play against men, so my game's accelerated learning. So, And then I can go back, and I'm probably a couple of years ahead of where I would have been had I played college into the NBA. So it's definitely a, a pathway now that players are considering get to Australia and I can get back to the NBA quicker than if I went through the college system. Now, Phil, you've been such a wonderful mentor for coaches and players alike. We've got a, uh, a wager coming up in September for the City to Bay, and it's uh, between us three. And I'm wondering if perhaps you might get behind me and, and, and help me along. Oh, oh, oh. And me. <laughs> and We're a team here. Well, I'll, I'll give you both a, tri- a tip. They have a tram that runs from <laughs> <laughs> So I reckon get on the tram and just uh, just do your running on the tram and you'll both come up all right. Come up a tree. That's absolutely perfect. Hey, uh, just before we go, obviously footy finals is coming around. Uh, whose who's coach's box are you going to be sitting in, the Tigers uh, or the Lions? Uh, <laughs> no, I'll be in the Lions, mate. I'll be in the Lions and uh, enjoying every moment. They're, they are a ripping group. So uh, I think they're going to go deep. I don't know whether they can win it or not, but I think they're tracking along pretty well at the moment. No, I hope they go on and win the lot. I'd love to see them do uh, something special like the, some previous clubs have in the last few years. Phil Smythe, great to have you on the show, mate. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, I appreciate you guys getting me on. I know you only get the big names, so whoever That's drops right. out so you can squeeze <laughs> your eye, really appreciate it. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Phil. Thanks, Phil. Good on you, fellas. There's Phil Smythe, absolute legend of Australian basketball, one of our favourites here in South Australia. And Daly didn't even remember you <laughs> yeah. on the show. Doesn't are, you know me. are you even here? <laughs> I'm here. Oh, oh. I'm here. It's time for a Root of the Week. What have we got this week? Well, we've had some big Root of the Weeks in previous uh, episodes, but this one, I thought it was a typo. When I saw when I saw the <laughs> score, I, I had to. I thought my eyes had gone on me. I had to double blink because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was reading. Was that during your running training? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> now, this one, this Root of the Week goes out to, uh, it, it's uh, a Melbourne League, the Victorian uh, Football League. Mm-hmm. It's Ararat Eagles versus the Great Western Footy Club. Right. So they, they went out on last Saturday. And it's just between the, the league situated just between if you think where Melbourne is and you think where SA's border is, it's yeah. about in between. Yeah. So somewhere in the country there. Anyway, I had a look at the scores on the weekend. Seventy nine goals forty one. Oh forty one. Seventy to, to one goal. 
one goal. 80 goals and 79 We're, were on one side. Over 500 points oh. uh, um, the margin. Oh. And one bloke, Cunningham, G. Cunningham, kicked 21 goals. Did he get best oh. on? He got best on. That's all right. Oh. So, oh, so, all anyway, right. So, so anyway, oh, right. they, they, interviewed, oh. they interviewed the president after the game. Of, and the, of the winners or the losers? <laughs> no, of the losers. Of oh, the losers? <laughs> yeah. Did he quit? <laughs> well, I think he was <laughs> trying, trying, trying to, trying to um, say that they're going to pack up the club. <laughs> anyway, they reckon that they were down to about 14 blokes by the end of the game. The other side kicked 30 goals in the last quarter. Oh, oh. In the last quarter alone, <laughs> kicked 30 goals. <laughs> And, and he said, he said the boys got cheered off the ground by the opposition players just for rocking up and surviving oh, the, the whole oh, game. Oh, so, to the uh, the, the, blo- the blokes over there in the Ararat League, I think, yeah. congratulations, you get our room. Wow, that oh, is wow. ridiculous. Now, uh, my, my my Campbell's Creek boys, I looked look them up the score uh, mm. today. Uh, they didn't play, and uh, oh. and, the, and the and the opposition got the four points. So I reckon they may have forfeited. They've <laughs> <laughs> well, packed it in. They've closed the doors. So, so we uh, can't go another round. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I fear for the Magpies. And I actually looked up that league, and the highest score ever is by Campbell's Creek, and they kicked one hundred goals, fifty-one in one match. So Sorry, a hundred goals, fifty-one. Oh. They they have the record, and now. It's uh, gone a complete 180. So uh, unbelievable! Geez. That yeah. is unbelievable. All right, it's time for pass or farce. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It's farcical. 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 We're playing out of farce. It was a bit of a farce. That was an absolute farce. It's a disgrace. Oh, <laughs> we love it. All right, what have we got on the board this week? Uh, straight off the bat, a uh, lot of uh, coaching vacancies uh, in the AFL. Uh, now, uh, Mick Malthouse uh, has come out on the weekend and said, uh, I want to coach again. <laughs> so will Mick Malthouse coach again in the AFL, pass or farce? There's a stat going around, and I'll because you guys are going to call this a farce, but there's a stat going around, right? Not that I think it's a great idea, but there's only two coaches in history of the AFL that have actually coached at one club, not been successful, and then gone on to coach a premiership at another. So anyone that wants to pick up Brad Scott or Brendan Bolton, it's not worth it because they failed at one club and they can't win at another because apparently they're impossible. Mick Moldhouse is one. Malcolm Blight is the other. No other coach has ever done it. So maybe, because he is a man who can do it, go to a different club and have success afterwards, maybe he's worth it. No, I don't think Blighty at St Kilda was all that uh, successful. But then he came to the Crows. No, no, he was at St Kilda after the Crows. That doesn't. Yeah, okay, all right. After he's had success again. Yes. Yeah. No, but he went to the Blues. Maybe it's a yo-yo effect with Mick. This is a pass. <laughs> this is a pass, boys. Yeah. Mick Malthouse has coached over seven hundred AFL games. He's won a couple of flags at two different clubs. He has a wealth of knowledge that it can still be utilised in the AFL world. I think uh, it's a pass in the sense that he. I think he would be perfect as a coaching director. I think he yeah, should sit above the coach, which, which was always the original plan with him at Collingwood. He but, was but supposed to But he didn't to want be, to do it, so he, he quit. He, I, I know, he but, he, but he's that. saying now that he wants to get back involved. He's, he's literally said it's in his DNA. Yeah. I think now he should look, be looking to the role that he didn't want to do at Collingwood and should be adopting that next year or whoever wants to to take on his services. He would be perfect to sit above the coach and say, this is how I would do it. This is the road we need to go down and mould the young coaches coming through into someone that's been successful. But if you were the coach and Mick Malthouse was your yeah. coaching director, you would have the rear view mirrors you on. Would, you would. No. you got to learn the reins yourself. 
Well, you can't you can't be the leader and be led by someone else. Yeah, at the same time, nah, you got you got to do it yourself. You've got to own it. If you can't own it, because mm. you constantly feel like you're being puppeted the, the whole time. I, yeah, I think you're right, Dale. There's a point there. As much as it's a great concept, I feel like he'd be good working alongside a senior like. I mean, Ken Inkley, maybe, just for an example, right? Mm. If he's already the senior, he knows what's going on. If he had someone like Mick in his corner and together they worked as like a duo, and Ken's the coach, but Mick can offer his insights. Heck, yeah. imagine how much, I think how that, would much that would offer. You reckon? Because he's already established as a coach and he would, we wouldn't okay. want someone like Mick Mulhouse coming in and saying, hey, this is Kenny, this is how you should be doing it. I think uh, with a young coach, you can mould them and shape Have them Have an open bit. mind. Oh, fair play. Yeah. Anyway. No, fast. Fast. <laughs> fast. I love you, Dale. <laughs> you no. speak the truth. No, fast. That's it. Uh, um, <laughs> no, no explanation needed. No more. Uh, so, number two, uh, Adam Goods uh, released his documentary last Thursday night at uh, Channel 10, I think it was. Yep. Uh, Jace, wasn't it? Channel 10? Channel 10, yeah. You're, you're, yeah we had how, the, much, uh, how much did that cost you? Oh, probably a few pennies. Yeah, they opened the glove box a few for that glove one, box. I reckon. Yeah. So, uh, um, Adam Goods' final quarter doco, pass or farce? I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good, it's a big pass for me. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a really good timeline of events and it just, uh, just show it didn't it didn't narrate it just mm-hmm. showed what happened in a in a sequence which was a little was a little bit sad in some respects and how he ended up being treated and I think you know history has painted some people in a good light I think Mark Robinson has been p- painted in a fantastic light mm-hmm. through that doco Alan there were some that didn't Alan Jones Sam Newman Eddie Maguire um, Andrew Bolt was probably the worst of the lot yeah. I mean there was a number of them that just mm. looked absolutely ridiculous and and that's and that's a learning curve for everyone watching it back you sort of go well how do we treat these people better how does the media operate better in the future um, I thought it was fantastic learning um, from everyone there yeah I'm a massive pass as well it just shows the, like you said it documented the whole timeline of, of events and you, you sort of look back and go wow I can't believe how poorly someone mm. so celebrated in our game an absolute legend of this game was treated during that time and then you look back and go well this is how we now have this on record let's not do this or go down this path again we can learn from this in the future and a big pass for me huge pass and uh, especially from uh, my working days in Alice Springs and Darwin was uh, mm. knowing the indigenous culture and knowing the, the stories behind the story if uh, if you can uh, sort of on that uh, spectrum uh, yeah no it's a lot of people have uh, their eyes wide open right now yeah. by uh, the Big final pass. quarter. So, uh, no, very good. And there's another one coming out um, directed by Stan Grant, a um, great journalist um, called The Australian Dream, which is a, another one, which will be on Adam Goods, and uh, that'll be narrated and there'll be interviews and things like that involved in that. So that, that really, this this whole little era of um, films that we're going to see um, part of this year, is um, it's probably going to be worthwhile for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it takes a very good men to make a documentary, doesn't it? Sam? Oh, we know all about it. We know all about it. <laughs> all right, uh, number three. Uh, during uh, Port Adelaide's demise at the MCG, uh, Xavier Dersma brought out the uh, bow and arrow again, and was uh, very, very highly ridiculed by media commentators alike. So, uh, Xavier Dersma's bow and arrow pass or farce. Massive, massive pass. You could say he's been targeted this week, Xavier Dersmer, after pulling out the bow and arrow. But geez, he's in the got, crosshairs. He's in the crosshairs. <laughs> um, he's been hit a couple of times. Um, 
you know, if we start getting rid of this stuff, then see you later, personality, all sorts of stuff in football. Yeah. You know, we might as well just pack it in because if we don't have personalities in this game, then why even watch a sport? Because that's what makes this game so unique and special. And to have someone go and celebrate, it's not like he did it when they were 50 points down. He did it as they were coming back from the Tigers. They had mm-hmm. a bit of a surge, a bit of a run on in that quarter. You know, best of luck to him. I hope. Um, I hope he this. You know, I hope he still has the confidence after this to go and do his thing and strut his stuff after a goal and, and pull out the bow and arrow again. Because I'd hate for him now to to see how much negative feedback it's uh, has come out of this or the wash up from it and think, oh, I better not do it next time because that would be the worst thing. If he goes away now and think, oh, I won't do it next time, then that's we've gone already. Mm. We've gone in a yeah. horrible path already. So. Yeah. Xavier, next time you kick a goal and you're coming back, pull out the bow and arrow, my friend. Yes, absolutely. Big pass for me as well. And and just in addition to that, obviously not everyone gets an opportunity like we do to sort of meet these players. He is probably one of the nicest kids that will ever play AFL football. He is an outstanding character and, and just rich with personality. And we do not want to suck the life out of these young guys. Let them use this opportunity. This is his first AFL game on the MCG. Think about being a kid well, and you get the opportunity. Round one. Oh, he's been he? there before. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this maybe his first goal on the MCG. <laughs> and as a kid, you are dying for that moment. He took an outstanding grab in the pocket. He kicked an outstanding goal. The team's surging, as you said, Jace. They are working their way back against one of the big teams in the comp on their home ground. And he wants to celebrate. Bloody oath, let him. Oh, I don't give us. If they were 50 points down. Probably not the place and time, but he's kicked. It. He's done it after every goal, so let him do a little subtle one. But God, they were coming back, and he deserved an opportunity to, to express himself. You know, big pass for me. I'm all for the uh, theatre and the theatrics, especially the, he stole it from the NBA too. Reggie Jackson uh, <laughs> yeah. brought it to the table, so uh, I love it. And uh, there's two things here. Uh, uh, Warren Treadrays wrote uh, a great column uh, on Tuesday uh, in the in the advertiser about uh, celebrating. Oh, he had to back it because he, he, he did uh, celebrate, didn't he? He's got he's got the bow and he's got the uh, and the the, te- the, the, the <laughs> telephone. telephone, the telephone <laughs> so uh, he he had to back That's it, all. but uh, yeah. So uh, keep keep it going, uh, Xavier. And uh, the other thing. Uh, I think uh, is that he he's going to kick the first goal on Saturday night. You can you can just tell. Just put it in the Whoa. music. <laughs> oh, that's just, yeah, I like yeah. it. It'll be front and see. He, he'll just get. Uh, it might even be like a Josh Jenkins over the back type goal square type uh, goal. But I think he'll kick the first goal on Saturday night, and everyone will be looking at him going, "Oh, we'll pull out there next coming? week if it didn't work." Yeah. Rightio. So uh, the next one, uh, something uh, probably dear to Jace's heart uh, at uh, Tomorrowland, the big music festival. <laughs> You like a good old music festival. Yeah. Getting the singlet on. There's nothing wrong with that. Getting the pipes out. Well, the, the person that we're about to talk about enjoyed it. He did. <laughs> so uh, there was vision, viral vision of uh, Shaquille O'Neal Shaq. moshing at Tomorrowland. <laughs> so is Shaquille O'Neal moshing pass or fast? Pass. Huge, Huge pass. massive pass. As big as they come. I feel sorry, feel sorry for the bloke standing behind Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> um, but amazing. It was a great footage to see a bloke of uh, his age and calibre to still be able to rock it with the young kids and uh, enjoy himself it at a festival. so much fun, wasn't he? Yeah. It was like he was in his element. <laughs> he it was, was in his absolutely... element. I reckon he'd had a few beers before that. He was... Oh, uh... a few orange juices. Oh, <laughs> goodness me. He was having a good time. But a good old Shaq. Good well, on him. Just, luckily, he didn't fall over. There would have been... Oh, 
yeah, would have hurt a few people. <laughs> it would have been a massive, I mean, a huge pass. I love a good uh, moshing in a oh, that's mu- great, music moshing. festival. So, jeez, uh, what's that pass number three? Three for one episode. Sheesh. Wow. Tw- We're going to get one in the next one too, uh, I think. Up for, up for 20, 24 now. Jeez. We have a 50%. Uh, pass fast we, ratio he's, he's really bent over now yeah. he? like, he's really curved himself <laughs> I know. he was this real hardened bloke when he started his <laughs> pass off and we sort of just rounded off the, the sharp edges on him <laughs> got the sandpaper and smoothed him over <laughs> yeah, well, Dave Warner and Steve Smith uh, gave us gave me the sandpaper so anyway, <laughs> smoothed, smoothed me up uh, right the next one uh, just talking of Stephen Hawking uh, before uh, there's a mid-season trading in the AFL there's a mid-season oh. draft yep this year, and uh, Sam hated it hated. More, more than yep. just anything. But uh, mid-season trading coming into the AFL pass or farce? You can't be serious, oh. you two. Uh, oh, you're in favour, aren't you? Pass, yeah. Pass. This, this is 100% farce. This is pass. a farce. Oh, All right, why? here we go. Pass. Why? It's no different to drafting. You're pulling players out of other teams in the middle of the year. Stick with your colours. And you don't go anywhere. You're locked in for one year. That's how it is. We're not America and we're not the NBA and we're not the MLB where you can just fluidly switch around. I mean, Well, you can. Does the, Shield, does the Sheffield Shield cricket say, oh, we'd like uh, we'd like to have um, Chris Lynn over here at the Redbacks. Uh, we'll trade you Travis Head and we'll have Chris Lynn. Yeah, do three it. Years. No, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Do What's it. What's the point? No, because then you don't know who's really worthy <laughs> at the end of the year. I don't know. An absolute farce. So uh, what do the Crows need right now? It doesn't matter. They stuffed up <laughs> recruiting. Forward. They stuffed up recruiting and they deserve to be where they're at because if the people who they brought in can't perform now, bad luck. So, uh, no, absolute pass. Yep. And, uh, but you need a cutoff point. So it's got to be like the NBA. So probably five, six weeks out before the finals, cut it off. But... Before then, just open slather. Oh, open slather. Anyone can, uh, literally, there's six so, months, so, you can so wear three weeks. different goonsies, yeah, basically. There's, there's five, <laughs> five weeks to go now, right? Yeah. So, it, even the player could be injured and out for the year. Yeah. Like, just say... So, so you, could, you could literally go from a sample squad into an AFL squad into another AFL club. You could, you and then be dropped and play VFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, also, yeah, exactly. So, so Essendon need a ruckman now. So, if they come and knocked on the Crows' door, okay, what yeah. what will it take for for you to trade Sam Jacobs to us so we have a ruckman? So Sam Jacobs isn't playing. Yeah. So, why not do here's, that? Here's the difference. Here's the difference. In America, there are millions and millions and millions of dollars being thrown at these players yearly. Ben Simmons is earning a million dollars a week. He can buy a house within a week if he needs to buy a house somewhere else. These players here are being being given half a mil to a mil best. Oh, half a mil. Oh, wow. Best. Half, yeah. a, half a mil. Jeez. Got families and kids. And sure, it sounds like a lot of money. And it is. But it's not the same NBA level. It's not the same. kids. They've got millions of bucks. They can pick them up and go if they want to, and because it's worth it. And Here, that, it's not really worth that. The, the you can't pick up your family very two or three times. They can't. It's not the same. You can't say it's the same as the states. You well, cannot say that. Or well, it's not the same because of the amount of money. But it's so the someone, same, the same. someone like Riley Knight who might be on, I don't know, two hundred and fifty thousand, three hundred thousand. No, it can't know. be. What's, yeah, oh, three, what's the minimum? Three hundred three seventy. Three hundred seventy. Right. So he's on three seventy. Are you going to buy a place? In somewhere else, and then he has to move he again. Can, maybe he can rent. He can rent. It's not worth. You're it. moving no, the it's not worth, They can't do it. 
These players can't afford rent, to do that. He can rent out the place that he owns here, negative yeah. gear. Nah. Beautiful. <laughs> he probably earned more money. money. Yeah. It's not, you can't as easily do it with these sorts of players. Well, you, you can. No, you can't. Absolutely. You can. Ask the players, they're not in favour of it. Stephen Hawking, bring it in now. Do it's it. for the fans, it's not for the players. Fast. 100% pass. <laughs> Four in a row. Oh, yes, too. <laughs> Four in a row. Bring it in, trading. <laughs> Open it up. Let's do it on Twitter as well, okay. at Pressbox EP. Yeah. Have you say? Yes, bring it in. <clears throat> All right, next one. Uh, Elise Perry uh, just dominated uh, the Ashes, uh, just uh, smashing in all over the park. Got another ton. Well uh, done. The first, the third ball of uh, a spell, just the one of the perfect uh, fast bowling deliveries mm. you've ever seen. Clip the top of off. The England had no... Just nothing to to, <laughs> to stop it. They they donuts. But uh, I'm going to put it there. Elise Perry, the best Australian female athlete Ooh. ever. <gasps> Pass or oh. fast. Australian best female. Australian. What, who, who, who's there been? Uh, Sam Kerr's Sam up there Kerr's at the moment. Kathy Freeman would be up there. Yep. Um, you got to go back Ulligong to Ulagong would be up there. Or Margaret Court, yeah, Margaret, Margaret Court. What? There'd be some very uh... Lane Beachley. Do we classify? <laughs> yeah, it's a sport. No, <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> Aaron Phillips. Wow. Aaron Phillips would be up there. Yep. Um, oh. Lauren Jackson. There's yeah, a lot Lauren of names. Jackson, There's yeah. a lot of names. For me, for me, and the Kathy Freeman's 400 meter run in the Olympics when the whole country was. She had so much pressure. She almost didn't, almost failed to light the the the, the torch, the cauldron, because yeah. <laughs> it, it stuffed on her. Um, and that was a scare. And then she had another scare leading up to it. And she, we thought we should, she wasn't. It was an injury scare, I think, in the, her camp yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But then she put the suit on. And then she put the suit on. <laughs> she flies home. Yes. Um, Maybe you need the suit. <laughs> I probably do. That's why I'm at nine and not twenty-one. Um, <laughs> So for me, that that that's a, a special moment, I think. But I, I'm not sure that it, so fast. It, I'm not sure. It's 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 hard to compare apples with apples. It's it's apples with oranges. Maybe. Oranges, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I don't, I don't want to be say yeah. pass, and then they have all these tremendous. The people going to I'm going to cop so much abuse on, online for saying yeah, pass or something. But I don't know. What's your thoughts? Uh I think she's generally right up there. It's Nelly Podium. Pass. It's she's Nelly, a podium. Yeah, she's on the podium purely because she's played for Australia in two sports. Yeah. Two sports. And obviously, Erin Phillips, Phillips is in the same conversation. Yep. If you know AFLW Australia, had yeah. an international game, she all Australian, so it counts. Yeah, so yep. all Australian. So uh, she she's up there as well. And obviously, Nova Peris is uh, yes. Australian oh, yeah. in yep. uh, in two sports as well. So the the two sports uh, sort of gets at least Perry over someone like Sam Kerr or someone like that. But uh, and she's got uh, a lot of career to go. So uh, she. Ash Barty, we haven't even mentioned. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah and, and again, two sports, not internationally, yeah, the other, cricket, but still cricket. has played another sport. Um, you, you haven't put the gym. Animeers? Yeah, Animeers. Yeah, oh, God. It's, it's, too, it's too many to compare, <laughs> yeah. but that's, that's the great thing about this conversation. There's probably no wrong answer in a way because there's so many amazing female sports people. Elise Perry's little test cricket run, just put this stat in here 329 runs she scored from just the two innings. It's better than Bradman. Um, and all from two tests, like just two two single standalone tests, and she's hit tons in both, double when, ton in one. When was the last time she got out? 
It was uh, hang Last on, night. Four t- oh yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that was the only that. time she got out. Yeah, five? That was the only that's time she it. got out. Ever. That's right. She started Ever. her test career one thousand four hundred and thirty-six days ago. Are you kidding uh, me? That's... And then she it was not out two hundred and something. Yeah, and then, she's uh, best ever. Pass. It's settled. It's settled. Right. Oh. Okay. The, the, that'll cause some major feedback there. The past. Jeez. <laughs> probably not just yet. Uh, all right. This uh, this story come up uh, late Sunday night. Uh, Mac Horton and uh, the Sun Yang saga. Uh, the Sun Yang knocked off uh, Mac Horton at the World Swimming Championships, four hundred meters freestyle. And uh, Mac Horton uh, decides to get his silver medal, then uh, doesn't stand on the podium due to uh, this ongoing drug. Uh, Saga between uh, Sun Yang and Nafina and Mac Horton, and uh, so uh, Mac Horton's protest podium protest parcel farce. It was respectful, and that's what his dad said, and I kind of agree with it. I think there's an element of this where he's just trying to stand for something. And look, before we, before anyone knocks it, this is very similar to Adam Goods, mm. where he called something out. He's just Mac is just calling something out here, and he's just saying, "Look, I don't agree with it." Um, it could be handled better. And look, it, he probably could have done a better job of... He could have just taken the podium, but maybe not, I don't know, maybe not stood next to him or something, I don't know. But the the fact that he didn't take it, he was just trying to make a stand. I don't know, it's divisive, but at the end of the day, I, I can see where he's coming from. It's a pass. Who's going to load up first? <laughs> <laughs> it's a farce. Um, I think he... I, I agree, clean sport, yes. Should he have... I don't agree with what he did. I, I think if you're going to make a statement, don't swim in the final. If you're if you're that dead set against, there's a, there's this big um, that doesn't change. That doesn't yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you, I know. If, 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 if but if you don't a... go in the race, then if you want to make a stand for something, yeah. then don't go in the race. Don't compete in him? the race. But uh, that's what he was trying to do, yeah. and that's exactly why he did it because he wanted to show show him up. Yeah. And I just think like if he, he did. But, in, but at then, the Olympics. but then, okay. But if you want to do that and you want to go in that race and you lose, then mm-hmm. you stand on the podium. But if you want to make a stand, then make the stand before the race and really stand for something strong. So I feel that was the fast in it. Okay. I, I agree with his, what he farce. was doing, but yeah. I just think it was the timing and the, the way he did it was poor. Yep. Yep. Totally agree with Jace. If you if you want to protest and just just don't race against him. Just pick events that uh, Sun Yang isn't in, which uh, which is not many. So uh, but just uh, don't race at all. Just uh, keep training. And uh, the, ma- the the man is innocent. Isn't innocent till proven, proven guilty. guilty. Yeah, that's an interesting element to it, isn't it? That the, the guy hasn't actually been proven guilty yet. So and, and that the, makes Mac look a little silly. And uh, how many other swimmers are protesting? Mm. Yeah, no, fair, no, fair play. Yeah, I thought the crickets were going to yeah. go <laughs> Probably should have pulled them out. But, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Like, it could come, there's a court case in September, is there, Jace, or something like that? The yeah, Pills board? Yeah, September, they're about the blood vials that, yeah. he, uh, that, the, he, that he smashed with the hammer, apparently. It's bizarre. Yeah, that's what, allegedly. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been proven yet, but mm, allegedly yeah. he smashed some vials, which obviously Alleg- yeah, Allegedly what happened was three drug testers come in, only one of them was approved, and mm-hmm. the nurse that took the blood out wasn't approved, and yeah, so it was smashed, and... Yeah, so Dodgy. if it comes September and he's guilty, then yeah, he's guilty. But yeah. he's innocent right now, so mm. it's uh, it's fair play. So, fast. but it was meant to, it was meant to be done before the World Championships, and that's why I think it was it was unfair 
The fact that it, they the, decided the, the, to do okay. it until after the world champs. That's fine. Then Matt could have made a stand before and said, I'm not racing. I'm mm. in the final. Yeah, no, you you're disqualify this bloke because he's we we think he's guilty. Mm. Then disqualify him now, but I'm not going to race in this race. I'm not going to compete against a drug cheat. Yep. But he didn't do that. He still raced in a, and then he became second. And then he's like, mm. oh, you know what? I'm going to make a stand here. And I just didn't, it didn't add up to me. Yep, I can see that. All right. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the next one, there's a... This is nearly the biggest fast of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I don't even have to weigh in here. Jeez, t- 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 we got three soapboxes uh, <laughs> ready, ready to go. So there's a, there's a junior footy league <laughs> in uh, Victoria. It's Ararat, <laughs> that's no, why. <laughs> there's a lot of goals kicked in Ararat. But, uh, there's a junior footy league in Victoria that has banned cheering. Give us a spell. So that junior oh. footy league in Victoria that has banned cheering, is it a pass or is it a fart? <laughs> <laughs> Emphasise on fast. Couldn't be any bigger. What, the biggest oh. fast of the year. I'm, I'm, came I'm, up I'm, with his oh, steam hockey? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jace, you're gone. You're gold medal, gone. You're, you're, you're Mac Horton now, you're silver. That is <laughs> the fast of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that is a disgrace. Oh, the, they've brought in the junior leagues where they don't keep score anymore. Mm. There's no premiership tables. There's no... Just when you now think there's we no cheering. The next, the next junior footy league will have... No juniors. Just, just, they just, they won't even have a football. <laughs> it's going to run around. Imaginary football. Everyone gets a kick. And you learn as a youngster. I know as a youngster, you learn you, you learn more from your losses and your wins. You I'm, do. I'm sounding yeah. a bit like Phil Smythe here. But, uh, <laughs> I remember under 10s of basketball, we, we lost 90 to 7. And mm-hmm. the, there was kids in the, my team that were crying. Well, I might have been one of them. But <laughs> two years later, we played the same team and we beat them. How good. Yeah. So in those two, you can see the your development and growth, and yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Complete, oh, complete. Fast. Spirit morale just disappears as soon as you take cheering away, you take scoring away, and all those sorts of elements that sport is made up of. They're the, they're the core elements. Let it be. And I'm sure the kids don't have an issue with people cheering. It's literally the yes, parents are all having is. a go at each other. Yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> so is, cheering's banned, but is is booing banned? Can you still boo? No, because it's... Oh, okay. Little I think at, at, at junior events, I, I, don't li- I, like, I don't like bullying at junior games because I think no. we need to be supportive of yeah, kids. That's right. And cheering, that's and where cheering, cheering is, is fine. So don't ban it. But I think as we get older and as it becomes a professional sport and people pay their money to go mm. witness something, then at, a, at certain stages in the game, it's okay to boo. Jeez, what a far- farce of the year. Right there. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, go from the Victorian Junior Footy League fast to, to this one. Uh, the, so there's a new slow overrate rule. In uh, so usually, in this, if there's a slow overrate, the captain gets fined or suspended or yep. so. Now, if uh, a team gets dudded for slow overrate, the whole team cop it. What? Well, uh, they're all suspended. No, they're f- fined, suspended. Well, they're, no, they're all fine. They're all fine. So, <laughs> so the slow new slow overrate rule ICC pass or farce? I don't know. I don't, this farce? is very good. No, you, <laughs> you can't cop a fine for being a <laughs> player and a slow overrate. He's not in control. The old <laughs> bloke on on the boundary <laughs> trying to do his job Surely and feel that- the. F- Feel the ball, wouldn't that? Nothing to do with him. Wouldn't that quicken up the field? You know, you could change it. It's a team effort. No, but the captain's got to be the one to go. Oi, boys, run it through between the overs. Mm. Here, I'm going to put some spinners on. 
here, let's uh, let's not stand around and try and change the field for five Does minutes. Does that include and- the 12th man? Like, the water? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what I hope not. And what about the new four 12th men? Yeah, then there's three yeah. other blocks that get subbed in they for concussions. Well. They get coppered as well. Gee, what an absolute farce. Oh, I, don't, I don't know about this. Yeah, I, I think it's a farce. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and Captain till- needs to cop it. Yes, absolute farce. That's uh, that. That's it. I'm 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 all fast out. Is that a pass or fast? That's it. That's Gee, it. Whiz. That, that is a gigantic <laughs> pass or fast segment for today. All right, let's get into our footy tips before we uh, run off. All right, we kick this one off with a huge match on Friday night. It's at the MCG. And it's between the Pies and the Tigers. A massive game. Both uh, pretty much trying to play for top four at the moment. So it's a huge Friday night clash. Collingwood. Pies. Oh, Richmond. Oh, yeah. Tigers. Yeah, Collingwood are funny. You don't know what they're going to get mm. at the moment. And at the G, Richmond are going to start again on a run. Um, and they're my premiership favourites. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Richmond. Yeah, Richmond for mine. The Pies got belted by GWS. They got a bit of a touch-up yeah. on the weekend. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Tigers as well. All right, into Saturday. This one's at Tassie. Hawthorne versus the Lions. Oh, well... Phil Smith beat on, so you got to go Brisbane Lions. <laughs> yeah, Brisbane, Brisbane are going to win because they've beaten Hawthorne about the last three or four times now, which is strange. And usually Hawthorne are pretty good down in Tassie, but yeah. now Lions and they're sitting top two. Lions are mine as well; they're unstoppable at the moment. I hope they make the granny. Should we make a big call here? Brisbane make the grand final? Yes or no? Pass or fast? If they finish top two, they will. Yeah, they need, yeah? They need that double chance. They need that final. double home chance, don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next game is the Blues versus the Crows. Your mob. Oh, the, 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 Le- the Liam- this could be season over, by the way. This, they lose this game. This is the uh, Liam Stocker Cup. It is. <laughs> You've been waiting all year for yes. some of this. Um, uh, the Crows need to win. They lose. Don't, don't is, season, will. Se- is the season over for the Liam's? Yeah, come on. Uh, no, I said it last week. Um, no, it's... Uh, yeah, no. It pretty much, yeah, pretty much is. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. No, no to think yeah. about it, probably not. <laughs> oh, gee. Have a look at the pickets over there that you're sitting on. I'm sitting on a few. Far out. Uh, crows comfortably. Yep, Crows as well. I think they'll bounce back after a shot. You, know, you said that last week. couple of weeks. No, I said if they won, they'll play finals. <laughs> you said last week they'll win by plenty. No, that was the Gold Coast game. No, which was I was, no, I was I four points one. out. I said 90 and it was 94, whatever it was. Okay, West Coast versus North Melbourne. The Roos. West Coast at Optus Stadium, uh, they're in top flight. They've they got to win that one. Yeah, West Coast uh, in Perth for sure. 100% West Coast. They'll try and push into the top two. Next game is St Kilda versus the Demons. At Marvel Mar- Stadium. Marvel. Go, get around Brett Ratton. Get around his men. Go Saints. Yep, Saints. Saints for mine too. Uh, Port Adelaide versus GWS. Oh, where do you where do you sit? Giants. <laughs> well, I'd... I said Port aren't going to win again. So Giants, <laughs> yeah, G- Giants, Port, Port won't beat the Giants. Jezza will probably kick bloody eight goals this weekend. So um, yeah, it's, it could it's, be it's season, it could be season over for the for the power. If, I, ne- I need it, to check the weather. Yes, you know, you're see I, it. I'm sitting under it again, and more than likely it's going to rain. So hang on, what yeah. day is it on Sunday? It's Saturday, Saturday night. night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Twenty percent chance of rain, and uh, I think I might get away with it. So let's uh, let's hope for the dry night. Okay, Sunday, Western Bulldogs versus Fremantle. Western Bulldogs. Ooh, that's a tough <laughs> Isn't one. Isn't it? That is a real tough one. Uh, no, you got to go Bulldogs. You reckon? Uh, I'm going to go. You know what? They beat the Swans. I'm going to go Frio to make Ooh. it two in a row. So, uh, Frio for mine. Okay, next one is Sydney versus Geelong. This it's, is a funny one. SCG. 
SCG Swans have started to come to play a little bit there. Even though it started even the year, they weren't. By point and the, the Cats have got some wayward form. I reckon the Cats, though, should win. Uh, cats should win. Yeah, cats, cats as well. And the last game, Jesus, will be uh, exciting for about two minutes. Uh, the Gold Coast <laughs> versus Essendon. Two minutes? <laughs> two yeah, minutes. The first 30 seconds and uh, kick a goal on the first minute. I reckon Essendon will belt them. Essendon got, uh, if, if they win by enough, if they're on a roll, the Bombers, they mm. get this sneaky chance top oh, yeah. four. Yeah. Sneaky chance. Bombers all the way for mine too, so there you go. And I think the, the multi, if we yep. think about the multi, I think we'll go... Uh, <laughs> Jeez, I hope Port aren't in it. No, it's going to go <laughs> Tigers into the Lions. We're going to go all the way sides, by the way. Tigers into Lions, into GWS. Do you like Freeman? Yeah. All right, into Freo. Oh, dear. Done deal. That's a good one. That's that, healthy. That, we're going to win this one. You sure? Yeah. Because <laughs> the Tigers are going to win. The Lions are going to win. Uh, GWS are going to beat Port. And Free are going to beat the Doggies. No, they're not. Are you using your <laughs> money or Ben Simmons's money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might win us some coins back because we lost a bit. Uh, it's been a very, very big show. Very uh, happy birthday to us. <laughs> Our 21st uh, oh, yes. show. We haven't used these. Our $2 investment. Um, so that's been another episode of the Press Box. Phil Smile, thank you for him coming on. And uh, just a quick shout-out to the Crowject who uh, had me on during the week, and uh, we played Pass or Fast on that. So if you do, uh, you're do, you a Crows fan and listen to that, you would have heard that by now. And uh, great blokes uh, making sure they were uh, accommodating and having me on the show, which was very nice. So uh, looking forward to next week, episode 22. Plenty more to get through as we near the footy finals and the ashes.